Welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. We are up to episode 28. I am one of your hosts, Chris. I am on the line with Nick. How's it going, Nick? I'm good, man. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. What's been happening? Uh, what has been happening? Um, well, it hasn't been that long since I spoke to you, really. So, music-wise, I can't really think of anything. Oh, it was uh, Duncan. Duncan, you were... T- yeah, some of the solo stuff. So, so guy in your band, right, has released some. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's he, he plays bass in, in the band I play in. He's one of the dual vocals, and he's he's always done solo stuff. Um, what what did you think? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a nice little hook in the chorus. Um, yeah, I'll be keen to hear some more more of his stuff. Is he is he writing more? More stuff? Yeah, he's got an EP coming out on July 2nd, so by the time we put this out, it, it might well be out, but um, so just search for Duncan Ewart, that's E-W-A-R-T, and um, well, well, we'll link it in the show notes, and uh, that'll be easy to find. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was worth mentioning just because, well, aside from being a friend of mine, he, he uh, I always thought he's got a good sort of lyrical voice and writes interesting lyrics. Yeah. And uh, no, yeah, definitely. Sorry, keen, keen I, I definitely want to support him. Yeah, keen to hear cool, some more, cool. and obviously flying the fag for, as, as a northern lad as well. So uh, you know, I'm more than more than happy to that. get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is for, from Stanley in County Durham. There you go. Good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah look forward yeah. to him. Oh, good, good. Pleased you liked it. Was Was there anything else, or or, we, or should we just jump into today's today's guest? So we have the pleasure of um, speaking to Jason Tate, who some of you might not know. He's not really a, a, a well, he's not a musician um, like we have had on recent podcasts, but he is a bit of a pioneer in terms of the alternative kind of punk rock scene um, from a media kind of sense. So he's the founder of uh, of AbsolutePunk.net, which cease now ceased uh, ceases to exist but was replaced with chorus fm which he also uh, manages um so yeah we were keen to really um kind of get into some stuff with him around the world of kind of mu- uh, in terms of media and in in the punk rock world so here it is Okay, so I just want to say that we are joined by Jason Tate uh who is the founder and owner of chorus.fm um, thanks for being with us, Jason. Thanks for having me. Are you based in, is, do you live in Portland? Yeah, Portland, Oregon. So, well, it's going to be about midday for you right now. It's almost exactly midday. It's, new, it's noon at the moment, nice and warm outside, the sun's shining. <laughs> nice. How's your morning been so far? It's been pretty good. Got up, had some coffee, got a little bit of work done, and then just been getting ready for this podcast. Nice, man. Uh, also, yeah, I just want to should take this opportunity to thank you as well because like you've you i think you've shared like every episode we've done in the last couple of months on your site so like we both massively appreciate that so i just want to say thanks yeah, for that really of course you guys had a lot of really cool guests and uh i know since i don't really do my podcast as much anymore i like when other people <laughs> right, are doing right. inter- interviews and <laughs> getting stuff like that out there i think that's great cool well i guess we i mean we first i guess came across you in in the absolute punk days um both me and chris i guess we're in our what mid mid 30s now but you know absolute punk was our kind of number one source for yeah i remember going to university in 2001 and i think that's when i started uh 
yeah. visiting it a lot. Did you, <laughs> was it was it two thousand that you set the website? Um, okay, so like, yeah, I'm probably roughly about the same age as you guys. Then I'm thirty six now. Yeah, same, and- same. Yeah, and so I started it probably right around then. It was probably like the first early versions would have been like 1999, 2000, around there when I was just kind of goofing around online with uh, creating a little fan page for Blink-182 and MXPX and just kind of playing around with it. And then it would have been around 2001 when I went to college as well that uh, I kind of okay. turned it into what it ended up becoming, which was more of a website about the music uh, scene and genre in general. When did you like get into like MXPX and Blink One Eighty Two? Had you been listening to them like for several years at this point? No, basically, uh, I'd say like somewhere around middle school, I was into bands like Pantera and Metallica, and basically just listened to what all my friends were listening to. Right, like if I had a friend and they had a CD and they would put it on, I'd be like, "Oh, I like this now." And so I listened to like metal and had no real like music for my myself. I'd listen to some stuff that my dad listened to. That's how I got in, like the Beatles and Elvis. Uh, I liked stuff uh, like Nirvana because everyone my age basically liked Nirvana at that period right, of time. Right, right. But I ne- but I never had like music that was mine i never had like a band that i considered like oh th- this is this is the music that defines me um and then it would yeah. have been somewhere around like the end of middle school where i borrowed a friend's cds a bunch of his cds and he had dude ranch and i put dude ranch in uh my CD player, and it immediately yeah. just kind of changed everything. That was the the first time I heard anything like that. I had heard music yeah. that was talking about those sort of things with this sort of style and sound, and I immediately was just like, "This is this has opened up an entire different world to me." And then from there, I just did the thing that we did back then, you know, start reading all the liner sure. notes and seeing other bands that are mentioned and like who, who's thanked. And I saw bands like MXPX and Homegrown and all these new artists, and I was like, "Okay, what is this?" Uh, went to the CD. <laughs> cd store because that's what we had to do and spent my lunch money on a bunch of cds and that kind of started it and like that was when i started realizing like there was this entire different world out there um went and saw mxpx live and a band called the ataris opened for them all of a sudden i'm into the ataris sure. and it was just like yeah, it was, yeah, just, yeah. It, was, it was just that kind of uh snowballed from that snowball effect of just like and that was when i finally yeah, yeah. kind of found uh this this kind of like pop punk world and realized like this is the kind of music that it felt like mine like something that uh nobody else and my friends were listening to at the time and that was kind of where it started from okay got it yeah like i can completely relate to that myself it's weird i I was a couple years late even though i'm the same age as you was a couple years later because i was just it was things like billy bragg and third eye blind you know i hadn't delved into this world of pop punk and then it wasn't until what's my age again came out some like two years behind you on it that i had the exact same experience basically it's interesting to see how much blink 182 in general kind of acted as the gateway to this music for so many different people sure. i mean especially anyone related to my website it seems like there's a pretty common theme there so i guess get, getting into the the development of absolute punk obviously you say it started as a essentially an mxpx and one bling 182 kind of fan site when did you really kind of see it start to to develop and you know kind of taking up more of your time and becoming a real kind of regular a regular thing for you yeah well when blink got popular that's when my little fan page version started getting popular and that's what a bunch i could tell a bunch of people were checking it because i'd all of a sudden start getting more email um it wasn't really a forum or anything at the time it was just me posting up random tidbits of news i found around the internet about blink or images Mm -hmm. desktop wallpapers things like that um it wasn't until 
college where I kind of changed it to be more all-encompassing. And the idea behind that was, you know, I like Blink-182. All these other people like Blink-182, but nobody's ever talking about bands like Slick Shoes or, and this new band called Newfound Glory that I want to talk about. And I wanted a place yeah. to share stuff like that with other people. And that was kind of where it branched into... Uh, what it became and at that point that's when I tossed on a forum and started seeing uh, the popularity of that of other people wanting to talk about music and sharing music information news recommendations and that sort of stuff and then roughly like around I'd say it's got to be what 2003 something like that that was yeah. when I started seeing more traffic, uh, kind of the drive through records era, uh, mm-hmm. all the drive through records bands getting popular, Warp Tour getting popular, uh, kind of culminating then in Fall Out Boy's success. And like we were one of the first websites that were writing about Fall Out Boy, one of the first websites that were writing about My Chemical Romance, uh, Taking Back Sunday, and that kind of wave of bands. And then as that exploded, my website kind of just got caught up in that because we were kind of the band, the place that people were talking about those bands we were the ones that were talking about those bands before anybody else and that's kind of where i first realized like oh my god this is way bigger than i expected it to get to cool and so 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 when you know kind of when did it really go to that next level for you i mean obviously you must have been spending quite a bit of time and investing more (laughs) and more time as i mean i guess you were put you were pulling in support from from other people as well at some point where you needed a pair of hands and stuff so I was, uh, yeah, that would have been uh, my sophomore year of college. And then going into my junior year is where I realized like the website was taking up a, an extraordinary amount of time. Like I, I was spending more time on that than just about anything. And that was the time where I went to my parents and I was like, hey, uh, so this thing uh, I think could maybe be a thing. Um, so I kind of don't want to go back to college. And they rightfully like freaked out and were like, what the hell? Like, no, you can't. <laughs> can't do that so i was like okay 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 well can i take like a semester off to kind of like focus on some stuff and it took a lot of prodding and basically promising i would still graduate on time and i would go back to school and i would finish but they allowed me to basically take a semester off and so i took a semester my junior year while everybody else went abroad basically for a semester uh i moved back into my parents basement rebuilt a big part of the website and it started growing at that point to be an actual business where it was making money and I had like an actual thought that this could be something that I could maybe potentially do for a living. Um, went back to school, finished. And then the moment that I finished uh, college was when I basically was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. Like I need to figure out whether or not this is doable uh, or not. And I don't really want to go work for anybody else. And yeah. the website the website was making pretty good money at the time off advertising. And I figured I would, I would see whether or not that was a thing I could do. And that would have been 2005, I think. I get, and at this point, we're, you know, I guess we're, we're artists and, and labels and PRs, PR kind of people coming to you to, to you know, for, to, to have things posted on the site at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was probably the heyday <laughs> of all of it. I mean, I still get a lot of email, <laughs> but that oh, was, thank you. That, yeah. but that was the level of, uh, of email and coverage and people always wanting something that I, I kind of like, got burnt out on after after a long time but that was the sort of stuff yeah. where anytime any release came out of any sort of artist even tangentially related to this music scene we were getting hit up for everything people trying to call in favors and all of that <laughs> um so at that point did you have many other people uh posting on the site with you 
Yeah, at one point, we I think we had roughly 25 to 30 people that were doing interviews and reviews and stuff like that. And with that, it always just it stemmed from people emailing me and basically being like, hey, I really like your website. Like, I wrote a re- review. Like, can I can I post it on your website? And at first, I was yeah, like, well, yeah. like, that that's weird. Like, sure, I guess. And so I started, like, doing that. And then it kind of just blossomed into us kind of having a staff of multiple contributors and people wanting to write different things on the website and some people just wanted to post news about bands they liked and it was like okay like go for it and it kind of became a thing where we had a rotating cast of different people that were contributing to the website um yeah and we've had we've had quite a few people do that over the years now and 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 at this sort of period 2005 because you know i can speak from experience as someone being in bands obviously being completely into this this kind of music and stuff like ap.net would would be somewhere that i go to instantly you know every time i'm checking the 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 web the internet um who were like the main rivals at that time were like were you like pretty much leading the game at that that point i mean at that time there was some other websites out there like punknews.org was obviously like the the, someone could maybe call like the big brother at the time uh, of the of that music scene like they were a little bit older they'd been around for a while um alternative press obviously has always been around doing things like that uh there was a lot of websites that kind of like started up at the time like there was other people that it felt like it felt different uh, online in like 2005 like it felt like everyone was kind of just trying different things and doing things and everyone had their own little place on the internet and they were creating these new blogs or these new websites and now like everything kind of feels centralized around like youtube or twitter or things like that that's where people what people are doing and yeah. talking about whereas back then it was like it was new websites were popping up all the time also you'd be like oh who's this person and they'd be writing cool stuff or they'd be taking cool photos and it, it just it felt like a different a, a different era of the internet <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And that's some i know on our notes here is, is you know talking about the the kind of move into the kind of digital streaming era of music which obviously you've kind of been kind of working in and, and, and seeing that transition into I guess bands sending kind of EPs on CDs to now firing over a link you know to a Spotify page or a YouTube <laughs> channel you know I guess is there any other kind of impact that's had on on your work over uh, you know during that kind of transition I mean, in some ways, it, it's great. I mean, I remember when MySpace first started becoming a thing. I remember PureVolume.com, and I actually uh, course, got to work yeah. with got got to work with those guys for quite a while. Um, and that was when the first idea of being able to put music online in a relatively easy way, an easy shareable way kind of started getting off the ground. And now it, it's fantastic for things like, I don't know, if I'm talking about a band and the album's already out, it's really easy for anybody to basically basically go listen to it. You don't have to go to a CD store. You don't have to wait until back then it was Tuesday, but now Friday for the album to be out like physically and you have to go somewhere to get it. Now it's just like you can just fire up Apple Music or Spotify and there it is. Or if it's a pre-release track, it's on YouTube or it's on SoundCloud. Uh, so I think that that's phenomenal and that's yeah. that's super easy. And I think what well, I mean a lot of our guests have touched on this so you know a lot of the guests we've had on the like, previous podcast around the accessibility of music's changed kind of perceptions from from the younger the well the I guess the younger generations in terms of how they perceive genres and scenes and obviously back in our day you know you'd listen to you know kind of punk rock and you wouldn't listen to much else so you know you would only really listen to pop punk but I think now you know it's you you because because music's become so much more accessible. I don't think you kind of 
you're kind of so confined to that confined to your, your your box i guess really yeah max collins was saying that to us just the other day just about how compared to when when his band eve six were coming up like people really stuck to their genres and you don't really see that as much these days yeah, I also think there's an easier way to kind of walk between genres, right? So like if say you into something sure. on my on my website from back in the day of like a pop punk band, you can easily go from those pop punk bands to listening to something like Paramore to listen to Paramore's most recent album, which kind of has an 80s tinge to all of a sudden being like, you know what, I like this. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're listening to Carly Rae Jepsen and you've just moved all the way from uh, <laughs> right, one of the right. like pop punk artists all the way to like mainstream pop. And it's, it's they blend together pretty well. In the in the early days for you, we we kind of, for want of a better phrase, like stuck in the sort of punk and pop punk genre of like like you know like I, I'll admit I was certainly uh, you know at the turn of the century when I was like eighteen nineteen, um, I, you know I wasn't really checking out other genres. Was that similar for you, or we, did you have more of an open mind and you were aware? I I was probably not as aware of what was happening in like some of the more mainstream circles because right, I always kind of yeah. considered myself uh, my tastes were like an alternative mainstream like the way I used to describe it <laughs> yeah. is like I yeah. liked things that were popular I mean I started writing about Fall Out Boy because I thought that band could be one of the biggest in the world and then they were like they were the mainstream yeah. they, they still are um, so like so I was able to I, those were the kind of things that I was drawn to at the time and so I missed like pretty big pop artist now when all of a sudden something like that will come on the radio or on some playlist and all of a sudden i'm like oh yeah i kind of just missed that entire wave of things because i was so insular in like this music scene um but it didn't feel like it at the time because it felt like a new band was coming out all the time or new record labels were being started up you had drive through records releasing stuff vagrant records the militia group uh tooth and nail records like everyone was just pumping out so much music that i felt like i was drowning in everything that i could cover <laughs> that i kind of just like sat there uh, recently, though, I I've, I felt myself branching out more, and uh, I think that just has to do with growing up and kind of my community in general, and the things that uh, we talk about in the forums, kind of expanding outward. And there's still a lot of music yeah. coming out in the, the those specific genres, but there's other stuff that I'm interested in. I've in, been into like more of that '80s synthwave kind of revival stuff lately. I'm still like a lot of singer songwriter stuff. So there's things that I think have branched outward from where I've always liked like i like dashboard confessional it would make sense that i would like something now like the new noah gunderson album like those things fit together uh in different okay. ways and so i don't know it's just, i've always just kind of if, if something catches my ear it catches my ear and when i was younger i think i was just more into like i don't know that 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 music scene <laughs> yeah i guess you were swamped you were swamped in it though as well right so did, yeah, I, guess and it was, I mean, it was my it was my job. It was everything that I was like, I was living and breathing <laughs> everything about that. So, um, so sorry to jump all over the place a little bit here because I wanted to ask this before. So, like, you know, back in the day when when this is kind of kicking off a little bit, or just when you started it more as a you know general thing about bands in that genre. Like, obviously, you've mentioned like Slick Shoes, the Ataris. Who who were some of your like other favorite bands at that time? Oh man, and, at like, that time. Uh, just because, like, being the same age as you and, like, 
being a nerd about this kind of music, I just I I could talk about that all night, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, like uh, it, like all the drive-through brand, bands, everything from the starting line, Homegrown, Alistair, Phoenix TX, Newfound yeah. Glory, all of those bands, and then it kind of slowly moved into when that whole I want to call it like screamo era of bands where it was like Thrice Thursday, <laughs> yeah. Taking Back Sunday, uh, stuff like that started becoming really popular, and I got really into that. My Chemical Romance, and then I kind of shifted back into some of the pop punk stuff with like Yellow Card, Fallout Boy, Paramore, and then when Field by Ramen got really big, and it was like all of those mm. bands. It's kind of been it's been a, a switch between all of those. I would say that it okay. it's always and then it's always had like a couple bands that have just had a like constant through line through all of it. You know, like I still listen to Blink One Eight Two, I still listen to Jimmy World, I still listen to Less Than Jake, yeah. I still follow everything Andrew McMahon does from Something Corporate all the way to Jack's Manic into his new project. Like so, there's been yeah. bands that have like this constant throughput through the entire thing um that all had a start in so to say in that like pop punk world okay what do you what do you think of the new uh, blink stuff because I, I i feel like i read you on the forums being quite positive about blame it on your youth I, I, apologies if i imagine that but like no so, I, yeah what do you, i mean yeah i think it's a good song like i mean i think that blink 182 to me have always been a band that aim to write popular music, right? They aim to mm-hmm. have something on the radio going from Damn It and Josie to What's My Age Again to the massive hit of all the small things and then you even look at like Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and you have The Rock Show and First Date which were literally written to be radio songs. Um, so like they're a, they're a band that uh, craves and desires to be a, a radio band and I think that that shifts between generations so you have uh, the people like me that you know started listening to Damn It and then all of a sudden you hear What's Your Age Again and all the small things and I loved them uh, but I knew people that were more hardcore like punk fans that were like oh my god this band sold out what the heck they sold out they're on yeah, the radio yeah. now what's going on and then people that discovered them during that era then all of a sudden saw the first date video and were like they sold out what are they doing they're writing pop music and like that's kind of continued on with like each new group of fans and that's kind of what I feel like is (laughs) happening again like I feel like I've seen this so many times of people being like oh my god they're writing a song for the radio and it's like yeah that's what they do (laughs) like so I I mean from a musical standpoint I think it's a pretty good song I don't love it like it's not my favorite Blink-182 song I think it's got a pretty catchy chorus I think that it makes me interested to see what the rest of the album is going to be like Um, but I'm not the kind of person that's immediately like oh my god they wrote a pop song for the radio Radio. now i'm now i'm angry about it and i, I have yeah, seen some sure. of that backlash from uh, the internet <laughs> in general yeah well like i um i post the dying scene sometimes and uh, I, I it was funny because i posted about that song and just reading the comments through that i just i just kind of chuckle to myself if i'm honest <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sorry not to dwell on this too long what do you think of gen- generational divide did you enjoy that one yeah, I liked it for what for what it was. It felt to me as a song that I don't know if it was reactionary to some of the backlash from the the first single, but everything down yeah. to the artwork to it being forty nine seconds to like it having this like, hey, we can make a punk song still too. Like it had that sort of feel, and it, I mean, it gives me a very right, bad right. bad religiony esque vibe, um, which which is great. Like I'm I'm glad that they can still do that kind of music. I personally don't think I would love an album full of. Stuff stuff like that from them but if both of these songs do end up on the same album 
I'm really curious to see how they mesh all of that together, like the sequencing yeah, sure. and how, yeah. how that album works is really going to be interesting to watch. Uh, it's not a song that I think I'm going to come back to a whole lot, just given that it's one song at 49 seconds and you can't really <laughs> yeah. play that one. Yeah. You can't play that one over and over again without going insane. <laughs> so I guess we, we, I mean, we talked about absolute punk. Um, kind of what, 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 where was the kind of end of that and the transition into chorus, chorus, FM? So, yeah, it would have been what three years ago, roughly, I think, uh, April, I believe, yeah, was yeah. The, the third year anniversary. Um, and basically, the, the story with that is, uh, I forgot when it was, when I actually officially sold the website, but I sold Absolute Punk to Spin Media. Uh, somewhere would have been like 2010 something like that uh it got to the spot where the website was doing so much traffic and was costing me so much money to run and uh, the technical limitations of how to run a website of that size uh was past my expertise i didn't know what i was doing like i was just like okay i'm out of college uh i what i know about servers and what i know about the internet it my expertise has been exhausted and i need help and they basically reached out and wanted to buy the website so i was like okay like that that's that's what i'm gonna do that seems like the the only next step it's either that or i'm gonna have to like try to raise money and uh go get like venture capital or something to be able to hire people that are smarter than me to do to do some of this stuff and this seemed like an easier way to do it so i did that um and working for a big company uh probably surprised to nobody didn't really work well for me (laughs) as somebody that (laughs) yeah uh, likes to be more independent and i i don't like making decisions based around things like well you know what we're gonna have to put a giant mcdonald's ad on the website because they're gonna give us thirty thousand dollars and i'm like i don't care like i that's like i don't want mcdonald's ads like flying in on everybody and it was like nope we're doing it and it's like well this sucks so i did that for a few years and because they were also a horribly run company as they started struggling um, (laughs) with all of their finances and they were spending way too much money on ridiculous things. Uh, I had the opportunity to basically buy parts of the website back. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to buy the domain back. And when I realized like I wanted to do that, I also realized this gave me an opportunity to reset. And it was during that process that I realized I wanted wanted to start something new, um, that there was a lot of baggage associated with Absolute Punk. For me, there was a lot of baggage just associated with what that community kind of had become in general, and the size and scope of it was at the spot where uh, I, I knew that it was not tenable for me to continue doing long term, or I was going to have a mental break. I was going to have a mental breakdown. I just was not, I was not going to be able to do it. So I needed to step back and realize if this was still something I wanted to do, if I wanted to write about music online, I needed to rethink what the entire process looked like for my own sanity. So, so how did that, that start for you then in terms of, I take, it sounded like you, what, you had a bit of time off to, so basically like I knew that the uh the end of spin was coming and I knew an idea of when uh I would need to do something <laughs> if it was either going to be go get a job working at uh some other company um or just take some time off and not do anything or if I do I want to start something similar and new and the more I thought about it you know talking with friends talking with family uh it it came pretty 
pretty soon I realized that I wasn't ready to give up on my idea of sharing music and having a community of people to talk about music and things with, uh, that of like-minded individuals. And once I realized that it went pretty quickly and I kind of knew what I wanted the homepage to be, what I wanted to do to divorce the comments and the toxicity that can come from internet comments <laughs> with the community itself yeah. and pull comments away. Um, I, and at that point it was also like, okay, I was posting news 24 hours a day, seven days a week, basically. Um, if news broke, I wanted to be one of the first to write about it. I wanted it up immediately. Sure. I was checking my email all the time. I was checking Twitter all the time. I uh, was not spending as much time as I should have with family and friends. And I realized, yeah. like, instead, what I wanted was a website that was much smaller. It was probably never going to be as big as Absolute Punk. Um, but somebody could read top to bottom once a day and get a good idea of cool stuff, right? So we're going to write about similar mm. types of music, similar types of entertainment, but it wasn't going to be 60 posts in a day. It's probably going to be closer to 25, but I hope that yeah. there's 25. If you like the kind of music that I like and you like the sort of stuff that I like to write about, you're really going to like it. So at that point, we're not going to be the biggest website in the world at all, but I really hope for like a group of people, we can be their favorite. And if I can find that smaller yeah. group of people that really like what I write about and really like that sort of stuff, they're reading it every day. And then on the community side, I wanted something that, again, was smaller, was more manageable, um, but also had pretty clear rules and expectations going into it, that this is not an everything goes kind of forum. This is a forum where uh, we ask you to be respectful of other people and try to like keep that in mind when you're talking about things and that 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 is part of the entire process of building the forum so people know that going into it you know like there's a, billions of places online that you can just go yell horrible things on onto the internet um that's mm -hmm. kind of just what the internet is in 2019 unfortunately yeah. um but like i don't want my platform to be something like that so and that was that was kind of the basic ideas of going into it and then it was just kind of saying all right i'm rolling the dice and i'm giving it a try and i'm gonna see what happens you know, i'm gonna give it one year and see if see if i can do it and then after the first year it was like okay that kind of worked let's try it for another year and i've just been kind of doing that ever since for the last three pretty much full time for you or is it just a, just a bit on the side it is know? at this at this point i'd say it's about 90% full time like it started probably closer to like 60 40 and i was taking freelance work and doing a couple extra projects to help pay the bills um and then as the the websites continued to grow and as more people have found the website and subscribed to the website and joined up um as paying members and patrons for the website uh it slowly yeah. shifted so now now i'd say it's about 90 10 i still have to every once in a while depending on the month depending on ad sales for that month uh look at freelance work and picking things like that up but it's it's, it's fewer and farther between at this point. And, and you found the idea with the communities like worked, presumably how, how you envisioned it. Cause obviously, you know, it's, you can comment on the articles, but it's, it's a different method of doing it. You've got to go to the community page first and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, there's always drama. There's always, there's always going to be internet drama <laughs> and, course, not, yeah, yeah. Not, and different, different things like that. The moment you put that many people online. Um, but yeah. by and large, it, it's, I like it a whole lot better. I like being able to write on a page where if I put something out and like write an article that, uh, the article stands on its own and like people can read like a review and that's what they're reading. And if they want comments, 
comments, then yes, they're going to the community and they can see comments on that article, but they're not sitting right there at the bottom of the page. And all of a sudden there's a 3000 long comment thread of people arguing about some album review. And that was, that was, that's what I hated about absolute punk. Like I hated that somebody right. would spend so much time writing a review about an album and you know, they put, 2000 words down and then all of a sudden all anybody wants to talk about is the score and be like well this is a 3.6 and drew gave this one a 7.2 so clearly you're an idiot and then everyone just argued about it all day and i was like did anybody read the review like is anybody actually talking about the music and uh, so to me regardless i think that's a win <laughs> cool well we've got i've got a few more questions here that are a bit more bit more a bit more left field i guess okay um, I, I mean have you had any really strange pr requests Strange PR requests, uh, in what way? Like people asking to do, to like pr- put something on the website yeah. or? Yeah, nothing. I, I mean, we get a lot of pitches for people, especially now. I don't know. This seems like a thing that just came up recently is all these websites just want links and they want to like be like, Hey, can we write like an article on your website? And it's going to be about something and it just needs to be up there. I'm not sure what they're doing. Some sort of Google spam or something like that would be my guess. We get those a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I put, I usually post them on Twitter because I think they're funny. Um, PR requests for like bands, uh, nothing off the top of my head really stands out. Um, Too weird. Yeah, nothing, nothing super weird. I mean, don't have to answer this either, one. But are there any? I mean, this is bound to have happened over the years. Like any kind of fallings out with bands who've who've reached out to you over the years to kind of you know took well, things I, the wrong way, or have you had any like major? Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the hard part with. Um, with a website like mine, which a lot of it is based on like my personal opinion. So a lot of it of is based on yeah. how I think about something. So I mean, I can use one that it's a pretty good example because I, I have a great relationship with the guys now, but like Yellow Card, for okay. example, like I love right. Ocean Avenue, like loved Ocean Avenue and had built a pretty good relationship with that band. Um, but not a big fan of Lights and Sounds. Like when that one came out, uh, I, I, I didn't I like that album that now, much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that album that much. And, uh, obviously like i said that and that didn't go super great um but like i think that a big part of it is about bands at first kind of thinking that a website like mine is promotion first and not necessarily like editorial and that there is a big part of it that is editorial like yes i like I, if you have a new album coming out and a new song coming out i want to write about it and i want to say like yellow card have a new song coming out but if that song's not very good like i'm also gonna say that and i think like for yeah. a while people kind of saw it as like well I don't know. My publicist like sent this to you. You're supposed to say something good about it, and it was like, well, like that doesn't that doesn't always like that doesn't always happen. Like sometimes I I don't like yeah. it, and I, I need to have that. That said, like I mean, I still talk to Ryan Key pretty frequently, and we have a really good relationship over the years. Um, and I liked their subsequent albums a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that I mean, good. as you were saying though, like there are with with something that like this, which is a big portion of it is an opinion based thing. Um. There have been falling outs. There have been bands that have not liked what I've said. There have been bands that don't care what I say and get very mad about different things that I've, <laughs> I, I've said. But I think that at this point, it's a lot less now that anybody can offer their opinion anywhere. And I think most bands and artists have a relatively thick skin. If they spend any time yeah. on Twitter and they read their replies at all, I'm assuming they care a whole lot less about some review. I, that, that'd just be my guess. <laughs> 
I've just remembered something. I, 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 maybe you posted it yourself. This was years ago, but I feel like there was a band who, for their merch, had a shirt with your photo on it saying "fuck Jason Tate" or something. Oh yeah, it was. Ice, it was. They were. Uh, I think they're. They go by Ice Nine Kills at this point, but they were just Ice. Oh, Nine was it? Probably. Was it them? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even. Rem- I don't even remember what I said. I don't remember what <laughs> led to it. I said something about how I didn't like the music, and I don't even know yeah. how any of those. I don't know if any of the same guys are even in that band anymore. Like, I have no idea yeah. what the lineage of that band is but i do know every time i get that promo like email i'm like eh, no nah, i'm not going to post about him i'm still living that <laughs> you, put, you put my face you sold him you sold a shirt that said fuck jason tate at warp tour kind of kind of kind of not going to post about your band i don't care what you guys are doing <laughs> has there been anything historically that you've passed on like you haven't covered at all who that's then gone on to be successful has that ever happened to your knowledge I can't think if there's a, there's ever been stuff that like I've passed on, so to say. Yeah. Um, there's definitely been things where I was like, I don't think anybody's going to give a shit about this band, and all of a sudden they're way more popular than I expected. Um, <laughs> right. Then there's been times where like I feel vindicated, and I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be a thing, and then it doesn't end up being a thing. Um, I'm sure I can't think of anything off the top of my head where I would say like. Uh, I, I I passed on it. Um, I've been wrong <laughs> more than more, more right. than like I mean like a good example of something like that would be I remember hearing uh, Paramore's Riot and the first time I think I wrote a review about that album and I was like it's good but eh, it's pretty forgettable. I don't know if I'll be listening to this in the future. <laughs> and now it's yeah. what 10, 12 years later and I still listen to that album. Sure. Um, yeah, nothing about like passing on anything that I was like I wish that like in hindsight I would have been like uh, I, I wanted to be in on that band and i can't really yeah, think of anything because yeah. most of the time it's like if i like it i like it and i'd rather i i don't want to trend hop so to say i don't want to like grab a band and be like i know this band's going to be big so i'm going to say it now i'd rather talk about a band i like and then if they happen to be big be like hey that was cool like i don't know that that makes that feels more authentic to me than trying to do the opposite you say you still have a kind of a good you know a relationship with with the likes of uh, ryan key have you, have you kind of maintained quite a lot of lot of relationships with with artists over the years and still still I think now. so I, I mean there's some that I'm obviously closer with than others um, there's some that I would consider friends and then there's some that just I have, like I have casual relationships with and if I uh, have a question about something or somebody asks me online like hey what's this band doing I know who to reach out to um, right. but at this point too it's like as I said I'm 36 and uh, the trying to find breaking news or trying to get scoops and any of that sort of stuff. I, I've kind of left a lot of that behind. Like a big part of me now is just like, you know what? Like when acceptance is going to tell people that they're working on an album, they're going to tell people they're working on an album. I don't need to reach out to the yeah. band members and be like, Hey, you guys doing anything? Cause I know sooner or later they're going to post something on Instagram and then they do. And it's like, okay, that's good. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I feel like the chase, the chasing of scoops thing has been, yeah, removing that, removing that from my daily uh, a lot life of has been coming. <laughs> self-serving now as well, I guess, a bit with their reach in, in the kind of social media channels as well. Right? Yeah, they have, they have people like people have their own ways to get that stuff out if they want to. But I, I think that the relationship stuff is still good because that that does help for I don't know if like I say a big new album's coming out from an artist that I want to write about and I want to be thinking about before the album comes out being able to reach out and be like hey I know you guys you guys are working on something can I hear some of it like I kind of want to like get get a vibe and then to be able to share that with some of our readers I think that's cool and like and that ends up being content that uh I think a lot of people enjoy and I I assume you still still get out for plenty of shows for, for live shows as well 
Not as many as I probably should or would want to at this point. Like, I mean, I live in the, I live in the city. So when I can and they're close, I definitely go. But also again, 36 engaged, like spend a lot of time with my fiance at night. I mean, just, just older. It's harder to get to shows. It's harder to like work up the uh, idea on a random Tuesday to be like, Oh God, I got to stay out. <laughs> what time are they going on again? Like, I don't know. I'm getting old with that sort of stuff. But if it's, if it's a big yeah. enough band and if it's a band that I haven't seen in a while or ever seen, yeah. like those are the ones that I'm more apt to jump out to the bands that I've seen. 10 20 times at this point eh, i skip those ones now <laughs> that definitely help, helps if it's on a weekend for me oh yeah it definitely helps if it's oh on yeah a weekend. <laughs> sure what, what was the, what was the last show you went to oh man i can't even remember what the last show i went to at this point uh it might have been the last big show was definitely blink 182 and uh all american rejects and a day to remember their big festival show that was the oh big, that was like big, three years ago yeah three years ago i think so that was the last big show that i remember yeah. going to um gone to a couple small ones i saw 1975 last time they were in town um mm-hmm. saw i think the hello goodbye tour was not that long ago as well hello goodbye i don't know it was probably something like that <laughs> okay okay well, we, we got a big dose in one we've, we, we've just come off the back of slam dunk festival so um I don't know if you're aware of Slam Dunk. Yeah, yeah we posted about them. That's yeah, a bunch so of bunch of bands massive. there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a massive lineup. So we got a massive fill all in one day. So it'll fill us up for a while. We're <laughs> <laughs> working in this this kind of world for a few years. What, what are some of like the best like sort of media privileges you've had over the years? Are, are there any that stand out? Uh, I mean, seeing Blink One Eighty Two and Jimmy World standing on the side of the stage when I was in college was like the coolest thing that blew my mind like that was one of those like i I can't believe this is actually happening kind of things um and a a lot of it i don't know i feel i feel extremely privileged to like say this because i mean obviously i started my website as like a blink 22 fan page but then got to the spot where uh bands and and artists that like I deeply respected would reach out to me for different things or ask questions or I mean I've had bands ask uh, hey like who do you think we should take on tour and I'm always just kind of like I don't know like this, this is not my job like I, and I feel like that's like there's, there's a lot of pressure with that but like I would say stuff like that still to this day makes me feel good and I still I mean even just getting even when Mark Hoppus tweets at me on on Twitter sometimes I still like have yeah, that thought of yeah. just being like is this real life like what is happening and then he's yeah, making fun of me half awesome. the time and I'm like of course this is real life because I'm getting dunked on on Twitter by Mark Hoppus so <laughs> but the, those are the kind of things that that still still just uh, kind of blow me away that it's even possible right yeah yeah speaking of Mark Hoppus I saw um I think I think a friend of mine tagged me and tagged us in your Instagram because you you got a copy of the the plus forty four vinyl. Are you still pretty fond of that album? Yeah, that album holds up. Like it surprisingly surprisingly holds up. It's uh, I gave it a spin two nights ago, last night, something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised at how almost modern it sounds. Obviously, in today's music world, they probably would have removed more of the guitars or made the guitarists sound a little bit more electronic. Um, but yeah. the feel the feel that that album has feels oddly modern. Like feels like something that could come out right now and be relatively popular. I mean, that lead single is great. One fifty five is fantastic. Uh, this really good songs on it uh and i it mm-hmm. kind of gets lost a lot of the times when i do like a blink 
playthrough or whatever, but it kind of feels like it sits between uh, some of the stuff that Blink's doing now and Blink of the Past. I don't know. I still think that's a good album. Um, sorry, just a real quick random question, kind of related, but just going back to the rich. What's your favorite MXPX album now that we've it's got quite a few to choose from? Probably to this day, it's got to be slowly going the way of the Buffalo because that was the right. one that really, like, that was one of the first for me from the band. Um, yeah. And those songs, I think, still resonate with me the most. Um, I do really like their new album, though. Like, the last one that they released was uh, a self titled album was really solid. So, like, I'm glad that they're still yeah. cranking out music that I like. <laughs> it's funny. I think uh, Nick and I are, like, the only two MXPX fans that weren't feeling that record because yourself and <laughs> everyone seemed to. And, uh, hey, like, I love mike and like you know i would like to see it received well but yeah i'm you you guys have seen something in it that i'm not yeah but yeah yeah but hey hell keeps <laughs> their own it's the nice thing about yeah. a band at, at that size and age though like they're gonna keep releasing music and every once in a while maybe they'll put one out that you like and every once in a while maybe they won't like those last cu- yeah, couple of exactly. newfound glory albums i wasn't really feeling i was like eh, maybe i'm just over <laughs> newfound glory and then they released <laughs> makes me sick and i actually really liked that album yeah. and i was like well right, what do you yeah. know i can i can still like a newfound glory album here at 36 <laughs> what do you know yeah I think that's pretty cool <laughs> Yeah, it's safe to say that Mike Carrera and the Newfound Glory boys never really stopped working. They're, they're, uh, they're <laughs> yeah, that's true. Got the hustle on. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. He just Mike. Mike just seems to keep going and going, and he does. I know he doesn't take take all the boys on the road with him, but uh, yeah, just not showing no signs of slowing down either. I know it's crazy. Yeah, I was just going to say we, we we can wrap up, I guess, really, but um, yeah, uh, I guess we appreciate the time. Yeah, can we do that? Let's do the quick fire round thing at the end. Like, so, so Jason, we, we, at the end, we always just do a fun, well, I say fun, I, you know, but, but we just do a quick fire thing, uh, which seems to work sometimes and not so much others, so we can just chuck it out if it does. <laughs> and finally, the bet, <laughs> go on, sorry. No, I was just saying, those are, those are always fun because sometimes they work yeah. really well and sometimes you, yeah. you can't come up with an answer and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like, we'll, so we'll, we'll try this. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but... Um, but yeah, we'll do this, and then we'll, then we'll wrap it up properly. But uh, Nick, Nick, I'll let you start this one. Yeah, and I will confess that Chris created all of this, so uh, I <laughs> are these all are these all my questions? Okay, okay, yeah, so you can blame me, Jason. Held, it sucks. Held responsible for any of this. <laughs> so the first question, which I think you've already mentioned, is um, is Apple Music or Spotify? Apple Music. 100% the right answer. I, yeah, do you want to? It's gone, so. Do you want quick answers on these or do you want me to expand? Let's go. No, um, quick answers, but like expand on that one because I'm kind of on your side on that one. And like most people, certainly in the UK, it's Spotify and it frustrates me, but go on. Yeah, Apple Music for me just basically because I want my entire library with me all the time. And the fact that I can add like in advance of an album to Apple Music on my computer and I can walk outside mm-hmm. and that album is sitting on my computer, on my, my phone, uh, that means everything to me. Like that's what I want. And if I can't do that, then it isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll rush through the other ones quickly. Uh, so Blink-182 Blink or MXPX? Got to go Blink at this point. Just been too long, too too much history with them. Okay, the next one. I'm not sure if you, you're even into soccer, but it's EPL or NFL. Uh, Are you, you a soccer fan? Yeah. I used to be a whole lot more. Uh, I uh, in college, my girlfriend was a massive soccer fan, so I followed a uh, bunch of the teams, did all of that. But then over the years, kind of been haven't, haven't been as much into it these days. More of the NBA and baseball over here. Cool. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, Oregon or California? 
Oregon. Uh, nice got, loyal. We've got uh, Diane Scene or Punk News. Hmm. <laughs> At this point, I think. At this point, I think I like Dying Scene more. I like that Dying Scene is gives me more information about each artist and how I find the stuff. Uh, whereas Punk News seems like they're three days late on stuff. You get five things, and a lot of it, and a lot of it, like is hard to actually get the information. They don't link out enough. Like I can never find. Like they'll be like, "Hey, this band is doing this." I'm like, "There's no links on this post. Where am I supposed to go?" Yeah. So yeah, Dying Scene at this point. Chris will be pleased with that. Nice. Yeah, good answer. So, so Dave Buck, that's good. Um, Sorry, uh, <laughs> um Most overrated band in our sort of music world right now. Oh, in our world right now, busted. <laughs> <laughs> if we're calling them our, okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, most underrated. Most underrated right now. Um, oh, geez. This is difficult. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that has released something relatively... Now, now. I'll say now, now is the most underrated. Uh, favorite TV show? Favorite TV show at the moment? Probably The Good Place. Good Place. Maybe Billions. <laughs> Two very different shows there. Okay. Yeah, Two cool. very different shows. Yeah. <laughs> favorite food? Favorite food? Uh, Italian. Uh, and favorite band that you've discovered as the final question? Favorite band that I've discovered, like, just of all time? At this time, uh, Jimmy World's probably my favorite yeah. band. I think Jimmy okay. World cat- Jimmy World catalog is insurmountable in, in my mind at this point of how many albums they've released that have personally connected with me at just the right time, and they just keep cranking it out. Like, their last album was great, hit me just at the right moment, still as good a songwriters as ever, and I'm already eagerly anticipating whatever they do next. Cool. Nice. What's your favorite song of theirs, just real quick? Uh, it's... Either yeah, 23. Uh, that's a question. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know it's really hard. It's either 23 or Dizzy. Probably give it a little bit of an edge to Dizzy. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. I guess we can we can uh, leave things there, I guess. Um, yeah, Jason, just want to thank you so much for giving us some of your time and for all the work that you do. I know I'll continue to check Chorus FM daily as I have done for years and years. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to speak to you for a little bit. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it, and uh, really like your podcast. Keep sending me the stuff when you guys are oh, thanks, interviewing man. artists that are uh, things that are in our wheelhouse, and I'll, I'll keep sharing it. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs>